Welcome to Radius Conversations, where we want to do real life with real faith. Our purpose here is to dive into practical questions about how to glorify God with people who have experience from a biblical worldview. I'm your host, Mariah Levitt. Excited today to be talking more about women's ministry. Uh, Rachel Covage and Angie Freeman are here. Rachel is the women's ministry lead. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Andrew Freeman is a partner at Centerville and also heading up our discipleship teams. Hey there. Excited to have you both. So we're going to talk about biblical literacy. And as we really want and dream for our women to be biblically literate, um, and we're going to throw the term around some, um, would you all mind just kind of talking about the definition? What is biblical literacy? Well, if you think of literacy just in general about how we learn to read and write and communicate and comprehend, but then think about it in terms of the Bible, it's a lot like that, but then it's like really, really huge because biblical literacy is something that we will literally be learning and working on for our entire lives until we see Jesus. So can we read God's Word and trust the Holy Spirit in us to help us um, learn more about God, about ourselves, about our church, about life in general. So it's a really cool topic that until the return of Jesus, we can um, become more and more biblically literate. Yeah, and I think um, it can sound really intimidating, um, biblical literacy. Uh, I know for me personally, like when I stopped thinking of it, in that terms, and just thinking of it as knowing and loving God's Word um, that made it seem more approachable. It's still not, right? It's still overwhelming. Like Angie said, we're still going to be striving to be biblically literate, to know God's Word for the rest of our lives until we come face-to-face with Jesus, and it all makes sense, right? Um, but if, we, if we're able to just think, man, I just want to know and love God's Word, um, it makes it feel easier, more approachable. Yeah. And just like you said, the the phrase biblical literacy can be kind of intimidating and hard to approach. So in a culture where we really value authenticity, um, I've actually heard a lot of people say they don't want to read the Bible unless they feel like they're in the mood or they kind of feel spirit led or, you know, whatever that feeling is. Um, how do you think we should approach scripture and spending time in God's Word. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think like part of my personal story um, is kind of in that same lines of like feeling in the mood or something like that. Like I just went through this season where I felt like everyone was selling, uh, opening God's Word and I just flipped to the right page and God's Word, you know, slapped me in the face or, you know, whatever the very like extreme over the top phrase was. And that was not happening for me. And so I was like, well, am I not reading God's Word right? Am I missing something? And I just kind of, it it became work for me and it felt like work and I didn't want to read it. And um, I was sitting in my office and you know, someone was like, hey, sometimes you just have to put in the work. Um, and then as this really long, hard season continued, um, I heard this quote by Jen Wilkin, and I'm not going to quote it appropriately, like exactly. Uh, but she said, we put in the deposits now so that we can make the withdrawals later. Um, and it just kind of clicked that 
it's not always going to be cupcakes and rainbows or magical, um, but I'm going to put in the work because I'm going to need God's word at some point in my life, right? It's mm. life is hard. Christian walk was never promised to be easy. So I put the work in. It makes me think about other areas of our lives, though, where we are willing to be disciplined. And so t- sometimes we don't really want to hear that, but sometimes the best thing we can do is get disciplined about something. For example, working out. You don't see the immediate results the day that you go and work out, but you build strength um, as the weeks go on. And I feel like that's also what God does in our lives. Like He's preparing us, not just for that day, but for days to come. And it's definitely a discipline that the Lord honors. Yes. Yes, and I think that's a great reminder that... Sometimes when we're in the Word continuously and we're still not feeling that spiritual mountaintop or whatever, you know, all the words you just said, Yes, um, that the discipline is a way of uh, worshiping and honoring the Lord. Do y'all have anything else that's encouraging for people who may be walking through a season of spending time in the Word but not still not feeling that connection to God? Yeah, so I know for me personally— prayer was a big piece of what made me fall back in love, I guess you could say, or just just made me appreciate God's Word, made me see the beauty in God's Word. Um, and it was just asking the Spirit at work within me to understand, to take it in, to love it. Um, there's a, a book called The Vision of Valley, and it is, I don't remember the full subtitle, but it's Puritan Prayers. Um, and there was just a season of my life where I opened that, I read one of those prayers, and then I read my Bible. And I did that for weeks and weeks and months on end until the Lord was gracious to me to answer those prayers, to fall back in love with His Word. You're right on it that we can just pray that the Lord will help him to des- help us to desire him more. That's a prayer that's pleasing to him. That's a prayer that's according to his will. And so at some point he answers that. And there are things you can do like um, read with other people, find a mentor, mm. somebody that will help disciple you and um, read with them, listen to the word, listen to music. Um, You don't have to just always sit with a physical Bible, you know, go on a walk and listen to the Word while you're walking. Or um, Rachel and I were talking about so many um, worship songs have Mm -hmm. Scripture in them. So you can fall in love with a song and then later find out that you have just been singing God's Word to Him. So Mm. there's so many things other than just black and white ink on a page. Yes. Yes, that's such a great reminder that there's so many resources in so many different places, and we have access to that. Kind of switching gears, um, we can tend to read the Word in our own cultural lens, and it's kind of hard not to (laughs) because that's where we spend every day. So how would you, um, I guess, how do we read the Word? What is the best way to do that? I think one of the things we have to do is realize that it really isn't all about us, Mm -hmm. that we really, one of the main purposes of going to God's Word is to learn about God. Mm -hmm. And so as we do that, um, yes, He teaches us about ourselves, and yes, His Word is applicable to our culture, 
um, but that's not the primary reason to, to go to the Word. Um, right now, I'm reading the Bible through using the Bible Recap. It's my first time using that um, reading plan and podcast, and I'm finding that I'm just learning more and more just by taking small amounts of Scripture and then listening to somebody I haven't ever listened to before give her take on it. So um, there are just so many resources, like you're saying. I think, too, like sometimes what I have seen in myself or heard other people, like when we, just like Angie's saying, like it's the Bible is about God. It's not about me. And sometimes we so quickly want to just read the Bible and jump to application. And Mm. what does, like, how should this affect me? How should this change me? And while there is a spot for application, that shouldn't be the primary reason that we're going to the Bible. And so if we can take that out, take our cultural lens off, which is hard, but just go back to remembering this is God's word and it's about him for me. Um, I I think that helps along with wonderful resources. Yes. And as we are often um, enveloped in this, our cultural lens through social media, through even just talking to people, I hear a lot of phrases that sound really nice and are not like biblically accurate. Um, So how would you encourage our women to sort out what is true and what is not true based on scripture um, when it's like used out of context? A lot of times half a verse will be quoted or, you know, a little phrase that someone thinks is a verse will be quoted. And you're kind of answering that as, as you're asking us the question because you're recognizing that you're just reading part of a phrase. And um, it just reminds me of this time in the book of Acts. It's in Acts 17 where Paul applauded this group of believers known as the Bereans because they went home and examined Scripture to make sure for themselves that what he was teaching them was truth. And so um, it's telling us that the answer to that is right there in Scripture itself. And the other um, place in Scripture that came to mind when I think about this question is in John chapter 16, when Jesus is telling the disciples that it really is better for him to go away because the disciples and us today, we're going to have the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is guides us into all truth. And so we can get back to what Rachel was talking about. We, We need to pray about what we're hearing. Lord, help me discern to discern, is this true? Show me in Scripture because Hebrews tells us that the Word is living and active. And so if we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, He wants to help interpret that Scripture and help us know what is true, to guide us into all truth. So I think going back to the Word and back to prayer um, are two of our best things that we can do. Yeah, so I know for me, and like you were kind of saying, Mariah, like we— we see it out of context or it's, you know, just the one verse on the coffee mug um, or that someone has blasted out on social media. Um, And so putting the scripture, the verse, the text back into context, um, into the context of the chapter or book of the Bible, Mm -hmm. but also into the whole of scripture. So um, Angie had some wonderful references. The first one that popped in my head is, you know, you hear everybody talk about God is love. And a lot of times I feel like when I've seen that in like social media phrasing, it's God is tolerant. God is accepting of all things. And 
when you really go to 1 John 4, which is what a lot of people are quoting that, taking that out of, um, it, it continues, you know, that's verse 8, right? And then it keeps going and it's talking about God is love because it's a sacrificial love and he gave his son up for us on the cross, right? Um, so it's not this tolerant love is love type of a thing. And so when I put it into the context of First John 4, it's completely different. But then when I put it in all of scripture and I see God's justice and his wrath and his mercy and his, you know, kindness, like you've, you've got to put it, you cannot just take it for what someone is presenting it to you. You have to take it at the whole of scripture. Yeah, I love that you just hit on God's attributes and how he's all of them. And he's not just one at a time. He's all love and all just and all everything at once. Um, So it sounds like to be biblically literate, we have to be in the Bible. For sure. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. But that's so good to a reminder of praying through when we see things for the Holy Spirit to guide us with how we... um, take things in to like sift and see if that's scripturally true, but also um, to be in scripture and to be in context. Um, Those are great reminders. Well, I think to be in community, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because we can, sometimes we can, going back to cultural lenses or biases, right? Like, but when I'm in community reading God's word with someone else or with a multitude of people or sitting under biblical teaching, that a lot of that can get stripped away just through that because I'm I'm seeing someone else's, you know, not necessarily their perspective, but they're probably putting it in its correct scriptural lens where I put it in my perspective. So for our women who want to fall more in love with their Bibles and want to learn um, better how to read, do you have any resources for them? The Bible. No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, I am serious, right? Like a good translation of the Bible um, because we want to make sure we're actually taking in the words and not somebody else's thoughts of the words. And then prayer, obviously, we've talked a lot about that. Like, um, sounds like a silly resource, but I mean, that's what we are to do in all aspect of life. Um, But then there's, there are some other really great um, resources out there. Like I thought of um, two a little more like academic leaning would be um, how to read the Bible for all it's worth. And uh, I think the other one is 40 questions about interpreting the Bible um, that just kind of help you walk through how to read your Bible more or less. Um, There's also I quoted her earlier, Jen Wilkins, Woman of the Word. It's an easier read um, and walks you through a great Bible study method. There are also tons of study Bibles. I'm super old school, so I like having study notes in my um, Bible. You can go on Bible Gateway. If you don't have a study Bible, Bible Gateway will pull up footnotes for NIV or whatever translation that you type in. Um, There are commentaries like by... Warren Wiersbe, I say his name wrong all the time, but I like his commentary. Um, People, we can use people as resources, Mm -hmm. as you were sharing earlier about being in small groups and sitting beneath somebody's teaching. There's so many podcasts and sermons. I would recommend um, like talking to your pastor about some of his favorite people to listen Mm -hmm. to, like Tim Keller or many others, but just to toss that one out as a, a favorite of my pastor and then the pastor of Radius, John Reeves. Um, 
What else, ladies? Yeah, well, and I think um, it, it is hard, right? There is a lot of stuff that's out there, and everybody, like, there's different methods for different people, and so sometimes you've got to read a lot of things to figure out what speaks to you um, or what Bible study method works for you, and then just finding good biblically accurate resources sometimes is hard, and so um, I know for me, like, I just know people that I trust that I know their walk, I know their faith that I've asked for things for. So that would be something I would say. And then um, as our women's ministry, we have a resource page where we're cultivating um, good, biblically accurate resources that will be um, available. Some of the things we've mentioned here and then some. Just as encouragement for the women, I would love to hear why. Why does it matter why is biblical biblical literacy important? Like what um, what is the dream there for our women? I think it was Ryan Maloney, pastor at Centerville, who actually, and I, he was probably quoting someone, I don't know, but he was like asking a question of like the congregation. He was like, you want to hear God speak? Have you read your Bible out loud? Um, and it just hit me. I was like, oh, yes, because uh, that is the truth. We say a lot of times like, oh, I'm praying and I want to hear God talk to me or I'm worried about this and I want to know what God has to say. You know, all these things we throw around. Well, he gave us his words in the Bible. Um, and so I think that's just been a big thing of my life recently where it's like, why would I not want to hear my God speak to me? Um, so why would I not want to read his word? A reminder that Radius Church exists to glorify God by making disciples, planning churches, and living generously. This has been Radius Conversations. We'll see you next time.